everybody to another episode of Overdue Rentals, where we talk about films that, hey, maybe never got enough attention when they first came out. Maybe they were big award winners, just nobody seems to talk about them anymore. I'm Matthew Shuckman. And I'm Mike, the main man raised from CinemaBlend.com. And today, we are joined by our good friend and colleague, Jimmy O of Joe Blow. Yeah, hey guys, how are you? Well, I love how that intro flowed. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, it's actually really excited to do this show I, for a lot of reasons. A, I love you both. You're both amazing, ah. wonderful people. And the subject, I'm just giddy. I never get to talk about this movie. I love this movie. I'm sad it took me till now to see this movie. And I've always, I've always wanted to because this was something I, the thing I remember it, I remember for this from was, I remember the soundtrack was a huge hit when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was back in the day where there's only two movies I can think of that got volume two soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Dirty Dancing mm-hmm. and The Commitments. Well, mm-hmm. well, again, for those who haven't actually read the description, we are talking today about The Commitments, the Alan Parker yeah. film from uh, early 90s, which is- 91? 91, yeah. 91, which is- 30th anniversary. Apparently yes. still the late 1900s though, from what we're told. Yes. <laughs> we have to go back to our Run Lola Run episode for that gag, kids. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, I was watching that, by the way. Good episode and great freaking movie. I love that movie. I love that oh. you guys are... I love what you do. I love that you guys, like, spotlight movies that should be paid attention to. We should be talking about Run Lola Run. We should be talking about The Commitments. God oh, we definitely should be talking about The Commitments. In fact, I think we're about to. I think we are. Well, all right, so Mike, you literally, you, you haven't seen it until we're talking about this. The most that I knew about, knew of this was, I remember see, all right, so it was the soundtracks because mm. that cover of Treat Her Right has been used in so many trailers. This was like the original, this was like a previous Requiem for a Tower. <laughs> so I always loved just the, hey, hey, hey. Like, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, I knew of the movie being advertised as, as a kid, but wasn't really shown it and then a weird habit i fell into when i was at my last office job before doing this full-time was i've fallen into listening to like old vhs trailer reels and this was one that would pop up a lot (laughs) wait wait (laughs) listening to vhs trailer reels yes because the whole thing would be i'd put it on as like auditory background while i was doing office monkey shit like basically yeah i've got (laughs) i've got a create these, you know, reports to make sure people are returning their computers correctly. And okay, but I would listen to these reels and it's like, I know that trailer. I now know that trailer. And wow. it was good background. I actually, you know what? I can see it. I I do, because if you think about it, especially the older trailers, like uh, there's so many, they, they almost tell the story because they have the booming, one dark night on Halloween. John LaFontaine's beautiful voice. My God, yes, my God. And and a trailer like The Commitments is filled with music. It's filled with music. Yeah, and plus when you really think about it, I think my soul wanted that video store experience because I never worked at a video store Mm -hmm. or a movie theater. So it's kind of like that where you would have like those constant reels in fact some of the reels that popped up would be uh video chain trailer reels oh my gosh yeah i love this is one of the reasons i love youtube for those sort of this sort of thing because i love that you can find the i found uh, this is my last digression i swear i know we have a movie to talk about i found a lowe's cineplex bumper from from like 98 that i have been looking for for years 
like someone scanned it from the 35 millimeter and they have all these theater policy trailers on their channel. And it's the one where it's like this huge movie premiere and it's at a Lowe's theater and it's, it's supposed to be the one in Times Square, but uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. The geography of the building is that's one of the ones that you'd find at a pad site, like in my old uh, stomping grounds at Brick, New Jersey, <laughs> oh. because it was not the one in, on, in 42nd Street that was like in the in the basement of this uh, Virgin Megastore. More importantly, <laughs> how are your feelings on the film after now seeing it after all the pomp and circumstance, what you may have heard mm -hmm. about it, what you may have thought about it? What do you think? I'm ready to go back to it. Because honestly, the 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 way the, there there are threads that I I am picking that I, I think I can pick on, but I'm deeper meaning to, especially mm. with Brother Jimmy, because of that Love whole Brother subplot Jimmy. and the way that ends and just this it, I I I'm I'm kind of I'm still surprised that I saw Sing Street before this because this would be a perfect double feature with Sing Street. Yeah, brilliant. Yes. yes, I just I love the music. I love the story, and I love how it's told. I want to go back and read the novel now because mm -hmm. it's like the first of a trilogy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and why? Yeah, why aren't we talking about this movie more? And here's the thing too. Like it, you know, it didn't, a lot of these actors were, they, they didn't know anything about acting. They were just musicians. They were just singers. But like, look, Glenn Hansard went on to yes! do freaking once. That's the one, that, that's the one I looked at the credits like, wait, Glenn Hansard. Yeah. Oh, Glenn Hansard. Well, you know, it's funny too, because he at first did not want to do the film and even didn't want to do the film while he was doing it because he thought it was mm -hmm. taking too much away from his music. Oh, wow. Oh, and so that's yeah. why he never, that's why he just stuck to the frames and everything mm -hmm. right after or you yeah. know, during. And no, he still makes music. He's great. He's yeah. a fantastic talent, you know? And they went, I mean, this is this thing where even though some of them are more actors than they were, you know, spe specifically, um, you know, the background singers uh, yeah. with, uh, I'm all of a sudden forgetting everybody's name now. I have to look it up because my brain is. Um... Well, you have Angeline Ball, who yeah. I had the biggest crush on. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But you know, but they 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 they're they're actors. But they went this this band went touring after, mm -hmm. as yeah. as the commitments. They went as a touring band. It was almost like the because Glee did the same thing. So it was almost like having people who actually can really sing, as opposed to Glee. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm so, hey. sorry. I know people like Glee. It's fine. Glee oh no, I fine. totally agree with you. Though I'm telling you to stick to yeah. your guns. Oh yeah, the commitments is a little higher level to me than Glee. No offense to Glee. I, I would love it why not a reunion tour. Oh my oh, gosh. They've so happened much. here and there. They've happened here and there. But again, oh. a lot of them are. Andrew Strong is also a very famous musician, singer now still. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of them are, you know, just kept going on with it. And I, and mm -hmm. I remember you know, the funny thing is, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more later, but Robert Arkins who, who, who played Jimmy, he was meant to play the Deco character. Yeah. And then everything got changed up because of what's, you know, whatever happened. I can't remember now. I have to go back and look at it. You know, I, in my preparation for this, I've forgotten everything. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but okay, we'll dock you later. Before we get to the nitty gritty, Jimmy, when did you, did you see the film when it first came out? What was your experience with it first seeing it? I just remember seeing it often. Um, I think it was one of those I bought immediately hmm. when it came out. I was very, I was young, but I, I, I love music. So I was like, I'm just, I, and I loved Alan Parker. I, yeah. I think Alan Parker, like, 
you know, it's it's uh, gosh, R R I P, man. I miss. Yeah, him. we just um, lost him this summer. Just lost him. And Extremely underappreciated. He's the one great that people don't talk about in that great level. I you know, should... I know, and he could do it all. He did horror. He did musicals. He did dramas. He did literally everything. And, and, and he misses burning people. Burning. I know, I know. I mean, the guy knows his stuff, but. What you know, this came. There's a lot of movies like The Van and all these fun little music, British quirky comedies. And this little film from Dublin came out. And I mean, honestly, the hype was real when this came. You know, people were like, Oh my god, this movie's amazing! This movie's amazing! It's it's got the music and the soundtrack, like you said, it was everywhere. MTV. <sighs> constantly playing when you know I, I don't know if you guys know this but mtv used to play music oh that's what i watched before school that's it was a long 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 time ago for about a week they played music seriously what's the when's the last time i think the last time i could think of that a movie was driven like drove such soundtrack sales was guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. like yeah, that's probably. the last time i could think of if not there might be something Wait till Suicide Squad. I'm I'm I'd be shocked if the people don't go crazy. Maybe for that Star thing. is Born. Oh yeah, Star is sure. Born. Okay, sure. so Star is Born. Yeah, but you this this was like in the thick of the era where you bought the you bought the soundtrack. You bought like, the soundtrack, and you bought the second volume because it was so good. There was so much music. My parents had both volumes of the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, and then one of the greatest memories that was passed on to me from my wife about uh, her late father was how he went and saw Remember the Titans on a business trip. He went to the music store right after and got the soundtrack. Oh my god! Because he loved it that much. Well, t- you know what? I'll tell uh, Boaz that. I think he'd really appreciate hearing that. Oh, well, that, you know, remember the Titans might have to be something we do an episode on because remember the Titans. It's one of those things where people talk about it enough, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's like that. I, I don't think you could mention it to a kid and it's like, hey, kid, remember the Titans? Remember you, the what? Get the fuck out of here. You would be surprised. That, and it's I, a that, list. That one's that. I had to list, but I do feel like that movie. Is look, I, I, you know, Boaz has talked to me. We've talked a lot about that movie. He's a Boaz is a friend of mine, the guy who directed it, obviously. Nice. And uh, he's uh, that's the one movie he's he's done all these really wonderful movies. Everyone's like, Oh my god, you did remember the Titans? <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I, I did that one too, but I did other stuff too. I did a lot of movies, so but uh, yeah, it's and I mean, he, he doesn't give himself enough, cre- enough credit for making probably one of the best, most important sports movies ever made. Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. But we're getting sidetracked. Let's get back to the music. Well, what I'll say is I think what's interesting <laughs> about the Commitment soundtrack, and yes, much like something like the Guardians of Galaxy soundtrack, where there are just a lot of young people who are now discovering songs they never knew about. Mm-hmm. The Commitments was, there, there, there are people who knew certain artists or only thought of Otis Redding, let's say, as mm-hmm. the more upbeat artist, not the try the little tenderness artist, you know? And so they were, a lot of people got able to discover a lot of music because of the movie and were drawn to it just because of that. Absolutely. Brett, it, look, one of the most important things about this movie and what, what I love about the movie is the way it examined how music goes beyond just class or culture or it, it feeds your fucking soul. 
And that's why I think the music, and you know, you have these classic artists, you have all these classics, and they, these are remakes. All these songs are remakes, but they got the right voices. It wasn't, it doesn't yeah. sound like remakes. It doesn't feel like remakes. It's, they, 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 they tried to find the essence of soul. And they, my God, this g- group of guys from Dublin and girls from Dublin figured this out and made it thanks to Alan Parker. Oh, joy. Oh my God. And I think that's the weird thing about the film too. Like, let's say it being made today or people just finding it today not knowing anything about it. Mm. I'm sure there'll be people who will scream cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation. But it's the yeah. idea of like, there's something in certain people that we're, we're the same. And that's, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And I'm enjoying it because we both feel we're on a similar level. But there's also that whole speech that one of the characters gives where he's like, look, the Irish are kind of the blacks, the whites, uh, the Dubliners are the blacks of the Irish, North Dubliners are the blacks of Dublin. And it's, it's just like, it's, I feel less, it's less cultural appropriation because they're trying to say, look, we're the lowest of the low. And that's yeah. sort of where soul music came from people that were downtrodden, mm-hmm. plain yeah, and absolutely. simple. And absolutely. like, they're trying to explain, look, we're not trying to be black. We're just trying to give soul its due. Yeah. And I, I and, and that even makes the the gag when Saxon is like, I'm black and I'm proud. It's like that that makes the gag even funnier because it's like, look, we know that these people are not approaching any sort of shade of suntan. Yeah. But yeah. they're we know where their hearts are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. They got soul in their heart. And I I think like, look, and, and of course you, you know, I mean, look. <laughs> We know that the uh, soul was kind of stolen. I mean, Elvis Presley. Oh, look at me! I'm a, I'm a thing. I love Elvis. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Elvis. But I mean, he basically did their thing and yeah. became famous, even though so many people before him blew him out of the water. I mean, yeah. there's so many great artists that that didn't get the their due, due respect, and that's kind of heartbreaking. But I mean, at least I feel like we with this kind of music and a movie like the commitments it, it it is a celebration and it is it's not it's it it's never tries to be i mean it's we're in a very different society right now we're in a very uh, you gotta be careful what you say as uh, certain celebrities have learned recently um you know but wink, wink, I, I Matt think, Damon. <laughs> yeah I had to. We had to do his release his uh, interview that day, and I was just like, "Oh, dude, I, you're such a, He's such a nice guy, but yeah. why did you say that story? Why did you tell that story?" Anyway, we're 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 we're. It's an interesting time, and it's. Yeah. I, I you know I watched this movie recently, like just for fun because I love this film, and I was and I was wondering. I was watching that. The, I'm black and I'm proud, and I'm like. I wonder if people would be offended by that today. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I think you would really have to dig into the umbrage wagon to really get upset with that because just- I would hope so. The way that he says it too, it's like, it's not like he's trying to affect the voice. It no. It's very much working class Irish, plain old, playing the saxophone and saying it. It's not like he's trying- it's not like he's pulling a bullworth and trying to mm-hmm. be the blackest person possible. It's like, no, he's he's saying it because it, like if without the scene that sets it up before, that it doesn't work. Exactly. Like that's a it, like maybe if someone watches the trailer because that's the button that the trailer ends with, 
Yeah. People might be, but if you have that scene that gives the immediate context to it, mm-hmm. then it's the punchline. Then it's a gag. Mm-hmm. But oh, this yeah. is just, this is a movie that is the definition of scrappy. That is the definition of just, it's not high polish. It's well-made, well-put together, but it's not high polish. There's yeah. bumps in the road. There's obstacles that in any other movie, like the, dealing with the guy that sells in the gear, in any other movie, that would have been lurking through the whole thing. You would have been mm-hmm. thinking about it the whole time. But the threats are kind of episodic and mm-hmm. just easily dealt with, easily you know, kicked down the line or dispatched of. But the stuff that really carries is the band's trajectory into what most bands do. Yeah. And the whole through line of brother Jimmy and, you know, the promise that big promise of Wilson Pickett and just that, that, the constant refrain of, I'm sorry, you don't have faith in me. And it's by the time you get to that last one, it's so heartbreaking. And so like, you you had to have had faith in him. I, I, when you said that, like, I just had this moment seeing you say you have to have faith in me. I just, I wanted to hug you right then. I just, I, I just, I felt it. <laughs> Jimmy, brother Jimmy, I have faith in you. I want to, can I go by Jimmy Rabbit from now on? Yeah, can well, be... absolutely. That's okay, good. I'm, I'm good. Jimmy the Rabbit Oster. <laughs> brother, brother Rabbit. Brother Rabbit, I got a question for you. No. It's uh, Oscar weekend. But it's also interesting, too, because it's a, it's a movie, it's a story where their meteoric rise and I wouldn't call it a fall, but it's 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 literally a pond skip. It just goes yeah. right up, right down, like mm-hmm. almost like it's a it's almost like two weeks. It feels like. And you know? I hate to say this, and I hate you know because I, I look, I've been watching a lot of movies lately. I know I know you have too because we've been in we're in this business. We watch movies. We watch movies for. You should and, be on our podcast. I would love to uh, anytime. Overdue runs. Um, we talk about overdue movies. Please do, but let me know. Uh, but here's the thing. I, you know, I watched, uh, no, I, I think, I, yeah, I can talk about it. Well, I watched a movie last night. I, don't, I think I can tweet about it. I can talk about it here, right? Free free guy. Um, oh, yeah. The a, review embargo is not up, but the tweeting is. And, and yeah. oh, 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 please do. Yeah, it's it's a joy. It's fun. It's it's a, a surprise. Yes, it it's like, yes, it is. I wasn't expecting the, the just the, I got teary-eyed. I actually got teary-eyed during this movie. And, um. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, guys. Right. I haven't had a screening yet. I'm not giving you. I'm not giving away the ending except everything that happens up until the end. I'm just going to tell you right that right now. So what happens is what you find out is that they're all connect. No, just kidding. But the reason I say this is that I've noticed. I, I'm a little. I love happy endings. Happy endings are great. Happy endings are nice, but they're not realistic. Of course, no. And and a movie like The Commitments that has the balls to say, you know, hey, we're not going to depress you. It's not going to be a horrible, depressing ending. But it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. It's and not. It's it. not in any way. You shouldn't feel sad about it. And that's why oh. the way the way they ended it went off so well. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah, it didn't happen the way they wanted it to happen, and what what they wanted to happen didn't happen. But they're okay. They're okay. Jimmy is. And even the way Jimmy says it, it's like, you know what, this is this is the best version of these events because you can just look at, well, what if they did go as a band and go record yeah. things? Your lead singer is going off the rails. Your backup singers are ready to fight at the drop of a hat. You lost your drummer and your current drummer is your bouncer. 
just all these different, it would have been a recipe for disaster because it's like, if they're responding to this, to club gigs going well, like this, mm. how are they going to respond to stardom and, and contract and like contractual obligations and tours? Mm-hmm. and groupie ooh uh, that be, that many people man imagine that it's hard enough we we, we look you you see uh, we read about it all the time uh bites on set bite and this is movies this is movie making you see it all the time imagine a group of musicians having to play together having to get gigs together having to write you know what kind of songs are we going to do why who's going to play this who's going to sing that who's and and they deal with it this movie deals with that in such a truthful way i mean it's not going to be pretty all the time it's not always going to be it's going to be fights but and it's not all at once either all the ingredients are there throughout you're seeing things happen the flare-ups and everything it's not like and then that one fateful night they went out and played theirs it's not like an eddie and the cruisers or like the old-fashioned like rock and roll and then one day it all just became too much this isn't behind the music this is the people behind the music this is just people who want to make music and it's i i actually do have a really really great personal glenn hansard story i'm a i i love the commitments and i'm a huge fan of glenn hansard and there's a we have a record store at amoeba right and it's it's amoeba records in hollywood and it's it it was the old location when they had these shows and you could go see people play well the 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 swell season was playing glenn hansard and smart cut so they played said the thing about amoeba what's cool is that if you get if you buy an album and you're in line you can yeah. meet them and you get your little album signed. It's really cool. So we did this with, uh, we got to meet Glenn Hansard. So my son says to him, uh, I loved your guitar. I think it's amazing. And and he was, he Glenn was like, oh, really? You want to play it? And my son was like, just kind of, huh? Y- yeah. And he's like, oh, really? Okay, how? And he's like, oh, uh, so-and-so, uh, would you go get my guitar? That guitar in once? They gave to my kid to sit there for 10 minutes playing that guitar in the back of Amoeba. No stagehands. Nobody was watching. We could have walked out of the store with that guitar. He had that guitar from once playing that. And I was like, I, I cried. I literally, I'm like, dude, you, you're, this is like freaking Jimi Hendrix shit. This is like getting to play like. Nirvana. This is it. It's so fucking cool. I mean, it's because that guitar is so fucking iconic because of once. And I mean, obviously, he didn't play it in um, the commitments. He should have. That's the only reason it wasn't perfect. That's the only the only reason it wasn't perfect. He used a different guitar. See, that's why you didn't walk out with that guitar because if you did, that would have just been a cardinal sin against like music and kindness, and you would have been. It's like drinking yeah. unicorn blood. You would have a cursed half life. I was just so so moved and like just like I mean Glenn what a what an amazing guy I mean I'm I I still am that's one of the most beautiful moments in my life so I I really love that man and I love the fact that he made two of my all time favorite movies The Commitments and Once are just perfect films in my in my book they're just beautiful I love when music is used so well and and I don't I, there are very few movies that managed to find the heart of music like the commitments did especially when you're not trying to be a musical because you're not trying to be a musical but you're a music centric music heavy movie mm-hmm. 
that can go real wrong real fast. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny too, because I think the music in so many ways was what people, what drew people into it, but at the same breath is why we talk about it now as an overdue rental. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give like a semi story, I guess, because I saw the movie when it first came out. I went to theaters to see it because it was oh, wow. a time where I'm discovering all my love for movies. My father's like, yes, we're going. Now he, he was flowering the into the young man that he became. Uh, no, and, but like, like a, but the, and you know, I would tell people about it, but they weren't, you know, like kids my age, you know, it was like a teenager now, not even a teenager, I'm a 10, 11. Mm-hmm. They're like, they don't really care about the music at that point. That exactly happens then, to people like us. And then mm-hmm. a year, two years later, I'm not even to you, maybe a year later, I'm in school and it's gym class. And our gym teacher, whose name I can't remember now, was goddamn obsessed with the movie. So we'd be in the we'd be in the locker room getting changed, and you'd hear him in the background, come on, everybody, Mustang Sally now, baby. <laughs> you know, and so I think I think so many people glopped onto it, but they were the older audiences who didn't care, didn't carry on the nostalgia the way that people carry on nostalgia about films when they were our age, like 13, 14 yeah. years old. So it kind of whisked away somehow, which is why it's not really kind of talked about as much anymore. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's, and it's a shame because I feel like it's a movie that, first off, it's a movie that was not only important as a as a comedy, as a, as a movie that had a lot of heart. Back when you can open a comedy like this wide. Yeah, exactly. It, there's, there's, it's something that, and I look, th- these movies always come out. We, we have movies like the full Monty, uh, the recent, the dream horse, um, movies that take these small stories that take place in Dublin or somewhere in the London town or, or, or Muriel's wedding is another great one. Mm. Uh, and I, I think it's a shame that these films, cause they, they're so, they transcend time they're not you know they it's timeless you watch the commitments and you feel like i could be watching just a period piece this feels like a real modern film it doesn't age yeah it's not it's not playing it's comedic it's comedy's not playing to modern catchphrases or playing to modern or or the the contemporary audience Mm -hmm. it's playing towards comedy in general it just happens to be a contemporary setting yeah, and yeah. it's it's telling a story without having to go too far into explaining a lot of stuff. But like for instance, yeah. I'm sure plenty of people saw it then who were not from the UK. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people who saw it now, before, whatever it may be, don't realize when he's doing his fake interviews, it's Terry Wogan. People may not now even know who Terry Wogan was, who was like the god of presenters in, in British mm-hmm. television. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I remember when I first saw it, I didn't realize. And then I saw a few years later, I didn't realize he's talking about Terry Wogan. Oh my God. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that was what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a there the music history in the film, the the stories that they tell. I love I love the little stories. Like the, you know, oh, and so and so was playing, and I don't know if they're even true. I don't I don't know. I don't it it it, it almost like like gosh, this is a big comparison, but it's not really it really doesn't make sense, but maybe it will. Robert Shaw and Jaws telling his story the Indianapolis. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's chilling. It, but you listen to, to to these stories that he tells of. Uh, what God what was his character's name? Joey uh, Lips. Yeah, he uh, tells these stories of working with these these classic entertainers, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is cool, man. And I don't, I don't. You you get sucked in just like the kids do. You're just like. 
Oh, I want to hear more. I want to hear about Otis Redding. I want to hear about Aretha Franklin. I want. I I love that. I, look, I I this music again going back to the timelessness of it. There's a reason that this music is still still sounds good. Mm. Whether you're listening to the Commitments version, whether you're listening to Otis Redding, whether you're listening to whoever uh, some of the artists that they 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 cover, these songs are still relevant and they're still powerful. Yeah. I have a, I have a question though because okay. I think when I was when I first saw the film when I was young, mm. I always took it as they really were just a cover band. Then mm. I was watching I was getting older and talking about like the record execs getting really excited about them. Yes, of course, a lot of people start off doing other people's songs and they write their own. I was wondering if there was a certain level though where we were supposed to believe that not all of them, of course, but some of them were like, oh, we've now written these songs. Not to say that they were trying to rip it off, but just saying like in the pretend world that some mm -hmm. of the songs were supposed to be theirs. I don't think so. I don't think, no. Yeah, no, I I, I think they were all, they, they well, it's like, a, I guess you could compare it to some, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Uh the cowboy junkies the first trinity sessions they're the, yeah. this, uh, the first album that came out from that band most of people listening are like the the, the what the cow oh, cowboy, i'm with cowboy you don't worry about it. i'm with you um you know sweet jane was their biggest hit lou reed yeah lou reed cover uh, the whole first album is walking after midnight uh you know so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that a group of people can take these songs and be like, oh, well, shit, people were going to. And, and look, they did. Yeah, they were hit albums. So apparently, you know, I mean, there is a, there is some reality there, you know. But yeah, no, I, I, I just assume they were all in the world. They were all they were technically a cover band, yeah. but one that would find. You know, ultimately down the road, maybe they'd make an album that was their own thing, and then people would be like, "Oh, this is shit," or people would be like, "Oh my god, that's even better than the original stuff or their first stuff or whatever." <laughs> I want to see this become a stage show because, I mean, like, again, we invoke. How does it not? We invoke. How does it not? Exactly. We have invoked Sing Street in the beginning. That had its own stage, which I'm uh, sad I missed. I hope that comes back at some point. So did once. Once at Once the show did too. too. Yeah. Could you you could just imagine like I I could almost imagine you tell most of the story in the first act and then the second act is where you flip the setting to the shows. Like maybe you you end the first act at that first show yeah. and then after that you go to you shift the set into more of the the permanent venue of like the different venues they played after that first gig energy that would be in this in, in the room when that whole performance goes on and then you get the manager I'm, I'm blanking on the manager oh jimmy you get jimmy jimmy so rabbit like, up there and do that introduction and then jump back out into the crowd like that that moment their last oh show, their last show that moment is so amazing where he's giving everybody the nicknames and it's like just at that moment where it's like okay we just saw a whole bunch of men beat the shit out of each other and we are this close to losing this crowd and losing that like it's it's the moment where any other in an inferior version of this movie they stop mm -hmm. and then it just focuses on that and it all turns down and all that but the music keeps going even if it's just a little bit they're still kind of playing they're still kind of singing and then jimmy goes up and he revs up the crowd and knows what he has to do and they just finish the night you can also you know i'm sure because you want to make some changes you want to make it the exact replica of what was on the screen that you can basically build in 
those stories of Joey of his of his of his yesteryear, make it all mystical, like you know, not really know what's really if it's yeah. real if it's real or not, and have but have flashbacks of like him playing those on those old classics. And you could throw more of those songs onto the soundtrack too. Yeah, oh exactly. hell yeah! Because it would oh, be a mix yeah. between a. It would probably. I don't know if you would go full jukebox with it, or but maybe throw some original songs with the jukebox. But that's still a wonderful opportunity to just throw in like those. You throw in like a Wilson Pickett facsimile, oh, and then goodness. actually maybe have him have a, a play a little bit of a bigger part at the end. Like maybe have one song at the end. But, oh, so are we producing this now? I mean, we should just get together. We should just make this happen. We need I mean, to get I want to see this now. Look, his gun Hanser translated once. I know, right? I'm sure My brother and I have for long talked about trying to do a Steely Dan musical. I don't know how well I'm going to be at it. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. That sounds daunting, but intriguing. That, I, I love, like, I, I've, the, my dream music biopic is a the the making of the album Rumors by Fleetwood. Mac. Oh, that's I, what I want to see. One too. That's what I want to see from you because ooh, yeah. Okay. Because that's funny because I remember Tarantino once saying if he was going to do a biopic, he would want to do it about something very. I know I might have mentioned this when you mentioned it. Something very centralized, like he would want to do like the Million Dollar Quartet session at Sun Records or something, oh, like a yeah. day in the life. Yeah, Tarantino doing a rumors biopic. Yeah, oh I don't. God. That's the thing. I don't want. I don't. Someone I'm, I'm done with biopics, specifically music biopics. Well, I'm, I'm just, done with the Walk Hard. Type. I'm basically done. I'm basically done with them. I love Walk Hard. Which is why, like, if my brother and I with the <laughs> Steely Dan musical thing, the idea of it was like not doing a story about them, just using their songs to build a story around something completely different. You know. Oh, gotcha, but, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I like Rocket Man so much. Was it basically said, "Look, this is musical fantasy." Huh? And I, the more I watched it, the more I bought into that concept, even though it's like, wait, that doesn't line up. And that, that I still have one major quirk with uh, how much I like that movie and something they should that they filmed that they should have left in. But I, I still love that movie for what it did. It's a great and movie. I would rather watch one. something where it's a little more fantastical than just here's the struggle here's the life story here's the rise here's the fall here's the redemption i stubbed my toe so now we're gonna write a song called stub my toe all right guys one two three here we go that's a good song though i like stub my toe oh it's a classic that's a good song man you you gotta keep that up because it all just writes itself yeah it writes itself i I, guys yeah i love look i love music i love oftentimes i would prefer to just listen to music than watch a movie because yeah. and, and and that's someone who clearly loves film. Obviously, oh, yeah. my job does love film. I'm on the music. Like, yeah, man. Get, I mean, I got my record player here. You want to see what I just bought? I'll show you yes. what I just bought. I just bought the Boogans on vinyl. No, I did. I bought the lovely Kate Bush. Ooh. All these other sides. Let's check this out. God, uh, it's oh. beautiful. It's beautiful. for those listening to us. Uh, Jimmy is showing off this beautiful Kate Bush box set. Yeah, I um, I, I adore Kate. I think she's phenomenal. I, I want to say move about her. That's what do I pull out from? What do I pull out from this mess? Just pull. Yeah, a seriously. Just pull a rando. Yeah, I'm gonna go grab a random one for my music collection in a moment because Waylon and Willie guys. Oh wow! That's what, I mean, that's what I'm not gonna go, to. we're not gonna go into this because we're gonna get off track. I'll just ball, I'll just pull out the last thing I bought. But that's <laughs> a beautiful I mean, thing that about talking about the commitments and just it again it is a commitment to music and it's a commitment to music yeah it and is, I, it, dude 
this was made on like what? I think it was made on twelve to fourteen million dollars. Yeah, it cost very budget. little. I, I think it was like little. no, I think it was fifteen, and it made oh wow. Wait, what is that? So this is this is Lou Reed set the Twilight reeling. Which oh my god only had a German pressing of it when it first came out, but Record Store Day for July 12th, they actually repressed it finally. <gasps> so I've been wanting it forever, and so this is the last thing I bought. Oh so, my gosh. I, I, was they, I mean wow. it's a great album, but there are two songs on this album, which are some of my favorite Lou Reed ever. Which ones? Um which is Trade In and uh and uh, Riptide. Last thing I, I bought was I just pre-ordered the new Brandy Carlisle, which that her have you guys seen that had the new her new video? No. Have you seen her new? Courtney Cox directed Brandy Carlisle's new video right on time. It is one of the most beautiful songs I've heard in my entire fucking life. <laughs> See, that's another art that's kind of been lost is the art of the music video. Watch this one. Literally, everyone watch this video. It's it's well, it's a gorgeous video. Gorgeous I'm video. I'm trying to think of the music video that Ryan Johnson did because he did one oh. recently. He did one a couple of years back with like David Strathairn and Sissy Spacek. And it's like this beautiful miniature, like heartbreaking tale. Oh my God, I want to watch. I need to look this up now because it's I, just, it, it, there's so much that you can do in, in a film with music mm-hmm. or there's so much you can do with music in a film. Like there's just this beautiful uh, synchronicity between the two yeah, that if yeah. you map it up just right, it doesn't matter if, the film is supposed to be carried away by your musical choice or if it's just a singular moment mm-hmm. for the entirety of that connection, you're going to have your audience in your palm. And that's basically the commitment is a whole film built on that. It's built on friendship and loving music together. And even after the band breaks up, like they go through the epilogue and no one's really sore with anyone. They no. just mention their lives. And again, it's kind of, better that it happened this way because like what they maybe lose touch with the lead singer who is just slugging pints of Guinness towards the door and you know he made his choice yeah and yeah. that was just basically where he was heading but the rest of them it's like someone got married and had kids uh, mm-hmm. one of the commitmentettes is in a country western band yes yeah, she never had good taste in music uh, <laughs> guys Glenn Hansard being one of them becomes buskers to the point where if you really want to headcanon this, maybe this is a prequel to one. Uh, I, you know, in a you make way, a couple I, jumps. I look, I look at it in a way as a prequel to one. It's just because I want to see the sequel, the three, the three, uh, three films made. I'm, I'm very, because the movie Well, they did, they made, was it the snapper was the technically the sequel though, wasn't it? I think kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, don't, I don't know. Three. I don't know how many characters from the commitments made it over. I think they just followed the father. I think there's the father, father. Yeah. yeah. But another great film. Another another one of those little char- English charmers that you're just like, ah, I love this movie. I I I think this is a movie that uh, it's it's a shame it got lost. It's a shame that yeah. people aren't talking about it. It's a shame that there should be a a freaking musical, uh, a Broadway musical about this. There's literally no reason. Unless there's some, I can't imagine. I can't imagine why, uh, you know, 30 years, the 30th anniversary of this movie, we should be celebrating. What I think is interesting too is while the music itself is all about soul and all about specific artists, you know, it does bring in, whether it's the fact that you have the Procol Harum references um, or, you know, when, when everybody's coming for the auditions and everybody's lined up <laughs> the doors like, who's your, who's your favorite artist? And, and you know, and, and so how many different musicians get mentioned in there? 
that people either know or don't know that can discover just from that. So, so a lot of punk bands, a lot of a lot of great English bands. I believe The Cure. I believe uh, Susie and the Banshees. I feel like may have gotten a mention. Madonna like a was of, mentioned. Genesis. Madonna was Genesis. I mean, all, literally all the. And that's that's what I love about music, man. It's like it's so universal because like a song can come out and and it, like a song like say like a one my favorite song on the album. And in the movie is a destination anywhere. I I adore the song, and I was singing it, but when I I to you guys when before you guys uh, saw me, I think you heard me. Um, that song still sounds good to me, and it, it I love that a, a song can come out and just emotionally connect to all these people, and you're gonna say, hey, what's that song about? Oh, uh, well, it's about this, and it's completely different. Yeah, I I think that's what that's what drives music, and I think that's why. You know, it's. I wish people were more uh, open to seeing older films and and uh, watching older films. But it's a lot easier to get someone to hey, listen to the song from the nineteen sixties. Yeah, I wish this one was more widely available. I mean, I per I, I rented. Too. I personally rented it through Hoopla, which is a, okay. a a streaming service that, or a digital service that you can get through libraries. But as far as I know, I don't think this made it to Blu-ray. I'm, it is on no, it is on Blu-ray in 2016. It was through uh, RH that company. Um, I'm trying to think of the RHJE or something. Yeah, RJ oh! RJ uh, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did release on Blu-ray, I believe, in 2016. So it is available with some interviews and stuff. I actually just bought it. It was on Vudu for five bucks. So I'm like, okay. Cool. I bought I'd love it. to see a shout factory on this or whoever win oh. Fox right now. I'm so much. massively upset because I had, when it came out, I guess it was the 10 year anniversary because I was working at Tower Records back in the day in 2001. I had this great DVD. It was like this little mini box set. I have it. I lost it. I can't find it. It's gone. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I have it. I, I literally just you have my copy? You literally you have my copy. I have your copy. I went to your house. <laughs> I grabbed that copy. And I took it from you. Check your vinyls. Make sure he didn't make off with anything else. Yeah, that Lou Reed, I was so close. I was this close. He's like, not today. Not today. It's sad because I'm sure there are people who saw the commitments and didn't like it. I'm sure there are people who will see it and not like it. But I don't understand how... It's one of those films that you don't understand how somebody can not like, you know? I mean, you know, I go back and I, I feel like... I, do, I don't think I've met many people that didn't like the commitments. I don't think I've met... I think maybe the worst case you get someone who's like, it's all right. It's all right. You know, yeah. it's whatever. But I, most people seem to really love it because I, again, it strikes and it strikes a chord, man. It, 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 we, a lot of us can relate to it, whether you love the music, whether you know what it's like to, you, you, you ain't rich. You don't have, you know, uh, millions of dollars and you're just living paycheck to paycheck. There's something in this movie that we all connect to and we all can understand. And, and, and I don't know. There's something really special about it. And I, I now I really want to see this as a Broadway play. I'm like, I, seriously. I'm going to see if it ever had a plan to make one. It's really just the, it's about them getting by. And it's almost like this period of time is, it's the crucial juncture for their lives where they're able to move on to the, 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 their lives begin from this point. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. Here we go. Yeah, there is a stage show. What? Okay, here we go. The show. 
The commitment is a fantastical feel-good celebration of soul, returning to the tour in UK and Ireland five years after the phenomenal success, because it's, it's coming back in 2021, I guess. Oh. Um, the commitments received universal blah, 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 blah. The commitments musicals adapted from the novel Booker Prize winning author Roddy Doyle, himself and director Caroline J. Ranger. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it exists. Just never wow. really made it to Broadway or anything like that. See, I can't. I'm shocked that that didn't. It probably did really well in, uh, across the pond. Uh, they're going to be in Bromley, September 24th, 2022. They're coming back 2022, wow. 2023. I want to see this play now. I, 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 Same here. They've got in They play in Wimbledon. They've even got a Back to the Future musical over in England. Yeah, so what? I guess we, I guess we missed the. Uh... Yeah, uh, Alan it. Silvestri and I forget the name of the songwriter, but they not only do they have the Huey Lewis songs, but they did like a full musical, and it was apparently it was well received. Like Roger Bart from uh, the Producers musical is mm-hmm. the new Doc Brown, and oh. they actually did a promo video where Christopher Lloyd meets him, and I forget the whole setup, but it was just like this really cute promo video. It's like okay. Your heart looks like it's very much in the right place. I need to see it. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Here we go. So it premiered in 2013 in the West End. Then it had okay. a, 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 a UK and Ireland tour 2016, then 2020, well now 2021, I guess. And then it's going to come back for 2022 and 2023. So it sounds like it's wow. it's a fairly... And it looks like, all right, so the music within the musical consists of soul and rock and roll classics from the 1950s and 60s, including Think, I can't get no satisfaction. Papa was a Rolling Stone and Night Train, all films, all songs that, of course, did not exist in the. Yeah, the film. that's kind of. I, yeah, I, 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 it's how, it sounds like they went kind of more. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. Ready? Here's here's the whole list. I'm sorry. It starts with "You Keep Me Hanging On," "Knocking on Wood," "Knock on Wood," "In the Midnight Hour," which in the Midnight Hour. I can't remember. Did it appear in the film? That was yes. in the album. Yeah, that, that was, was that was their like last yeah. encore where they're like Wilson Pickett didn't show up because of our manager, so we're mm-hmm. gonna play a Wilson Pickett song. Uh, what became the Broken Hearted? I never loved the man the way I love you. That's now cut there. from the show. Yeah, I heard it through the grapevine. Reach out, I'll be there, which is an amazing song. Mm. Um, I'll take what I want now. Cut uh, from the show. I could turn you loose. Think thin line between love and hate. Save me. Can't get no satisfaction. Pablo's a Rolling Stone. Night Train, Mr. Pitiful, which was in the sh- was in the movie. Uptown, everything all right? Mustang Sally, River uh, River Deep, Mountain High, Land of a Thousand Ooh. Land of a Thousand Dances, interesting. Which Ooh. I think played. I think there's a section of it played in the movie though. I can't. Yeah, I think it is. I yeah. think it is in the movie. Treat yeah. her right, and of course, try a little tenderness because you have to have that at the end. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's more. There's more featured songs. There's a whole. I'm not gonna read it off. It's a whole list. But yeah, there's a lot of differences. Wait, did that you did not say Destination? Destination Anywhere, anywhere is not uh, anywhere here. Then fuck that shit. That's ridiculous. But what's interesting ridiculous. though about it, because you how you were talking about how people may hear it and take different things from it, like any song. Mm-hmm. But in the film, Destination Anywhere is very much used as a montage song and very much about them traveling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So I wonder, I wonder how much maybe just didn't fit into the show, maybe. They could have made it work. You just no. the train, you just no. do that train car scene, and that's Destination it. Yeah. Anywhere. East or West, I, I don't care. care. You see, my baby don't want me no more. This whole world. This is where everybody shut the episode off. No back door. <laughs> yes. You're listening to the smooth sounds of overdue rentals, the show yes. where we care. Smooth sounds. And now I'm going to do some Tom Waits. Wasted and wounded. <laughs> the wounded. Got what I paid for now. That was if good. God, if you're not singing God's Away on Business, you're you're not doing God's it. God's right. Away on Business.
We can also do we can also do smooth Tom Waits. Well, my time went so quickly. I went lickety split. Acting my old fifty-five. All right. Have you have you heard uh, <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin's version of that? It's really beautiful. I have. She you know, it's funny version. because there was a long time ago. This is like before the internet really existed in in its state, where I remember reading some article about like the three most covered songs of all time, which was. I happened to be at the time, all 55, Hallelujah, McCarthy and Post. I can't remember what the third one was now. And that I just went- MacArthur Park. No, it was something, no. it was something, because again, all of them were a little more modern than I was expecting. Mm. Um, Because I think I, it may have been something like Because of the Night. Well, oh, probably, probably. probably. Yeah. Um, And it was just funny, like I, I went and hunted out a bunch of the cover versions I didn't know existed just to hear them. Mm, I love you know what I love weirdly enough I love cover versions of songs like I I'm I'm when it comes to remakes but cover versions of songs not that I I think they're better not that I think they're but there's something about hearing a different take on a song it's interesting also, I, I will tell you that you, granted you know, there are plenty of songs you didn't know covers and you love them and then you find out the cover whatever it is may be and I'm gonna say something very controversial people are gonna freak out because right. I love all the originals but I'll tell you for some reason. I think every other version, almost every single person I've heard cover David Bowie songs are better than the Bowie originals. Thank you for joining us in Overdue Rentals. I have to kill Matthew now. Um, this do me a favor, everybody. Do, do me a favor. co-host. Go, go hunt um, down. It'll be me and Mike. We're, go we're getting down. rid of Mike. <laughs> go hunt down. There's an album called, bought by a band. It was a one-time only. They called themselves The Replicants. And what it was, it was when Failure originally broke up. Oh. Uh, and they got, they decided to do it. Chris Pittman and some other people decided to do a cover album only. They had Danny Carey from Tool on one song. Maynard came in and did a song as well. Paul oh Moore, the original Tool bassist. Um, they do this amazing cover of Pink Floyd's Ibiza Bar where they take Ibiza Bar, which is basically one of Pink Floyd's almost like pure rock songs and they turn it back into this psychedelic song. It's amazing. But they do The Bewley Brothers by David Bowie. And it's this, it's a very straightforward, almost exact replica. But after mm. the first chorus, they when they come back for the, the other choruses, they come back with this like primal downbeat on like every single note, and it's it's incredible. And I think it blows Bowie's version, it blows his original out of the water. I'm sorry, I don't mm, tell you. That's, that's fair. No, that I I I as a um, I think that sometimes does happen, and I think I think sometimes it's just it just connects differently. You know, as I. I, I I love Alkaline Trio's version of the Metro, and I love the original Berlin version of the Metro, but like Alkaline Trio did it release as a B-side, and it's like all, it's a breakup song, and he's all, he's all pissed off, and I'm like, I love that. I love it. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's just, that's art for you. That Especially music, mm -hmm. the interpretations of one person will vary. And yeah, sometimes the, the covers or the, sometimes the covers do outrank originals or can mm -hmm. stand beside them. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, you mentioned even, uh, you keep me hanging on, you know, back in the 80s, Kim Wilde did that. And, yep. and her version is amazing. Well, I mean, amazing. What, probably the most well-known version is Vanilla Fudge version, which is not the original version. No. No, yeah, and that's probably the most well-known version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Times it's come, comes along and just basically owns a song. Well, I mean, you mentioned, uh, oh gosh, what what's this? Hallelujah? Like, there's been so many versions of that song, yeah. and it's uh, Brandy Carlisle, Rufus well, Wainwright. Does it, 
Rufus Wainwright. Oh no, I both of them are. I, I'm just I got excited by Rufus and and Brandy. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what's what's, what's interesting about Hallelujah is is that, and I, I tell the story a lot because people don't know about it. Because the Rufus version, all the versions was based off, of course, Buckley, Jeff Buckley's version, which is the one that exactly. started making it a certain popularity. But, and, you know, again, Buckley came in and did certain things, but Buckley's version is based off of John Cale's live version. So mm-hmm. when John Cale was touring in the early 90s, uh, which you can buy, you can buy the, uh, I have the vinyl, which is actually awful, but the CD is great, which is uh, uh, Some Rainy Seasons. Oh, okay. Where he would do, he basically was just solo, him on the piano, and he would just do all of his classics. He did his cover of Hallelujah. He was the first person to re-put in the verse that Cohen didn't record originally, that he that he'd taken out of the poem when he recorded the song. Uh, and Buckley was inspired by John Cale's version, which people don't know about, which is why we have all these versions of it now that way. I knew part of that story. I didn't know that I didn't know all of that. That's really freaking cool. But clearly when you're, see, this is, this is something that is eventually going to happen when you talk about a movie like The Commitments. It's yeah. just, you could, it, as much as we've talked about the movie, you really can't beat the story down in a conversation because it doesn't let you. Because mm-hmm. the moment you realize, or the moment you reconnect with the fact that The Commitments is about people connecting through music, and just moving through life, that's eventually what happens in this conversation. We've been showing off vinyls and talking about other artists, but it doesn't it doesn't belittle the film, it just emboldens its purpose, which is we're human, music is a part of the human experience, and some of the most human music of all is those soul tunes that still persevere. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story before we wrap, if you want to hear it. I, and I'll go a little personal. Um, my dad died. Um, it Sorry. was very difficult. And no, it was years ago. It was year, a long time ago. Uh, so, But it was one of the things he taught me is music. I mean, he loved his vinyl collection. He A lot of it I didn't even like. It was like country. And suddenly my son gets into country. Suddenly I'm becoming this country fan as an adult. And I... I, I you know, I often think about my dad and often it's through music. Mm-hmm. I remember him, he, he, he and I bonded with Fleetwood Mac. We bonded. He, I even got him to listen to Green Day. You know, it was like this kind of weird. And I, I think that's what music is. So like when you hear a song about someone you love or someone you have uh, good memories for, I mean, that's, that's the power of music, man. I mean, movies, look, movies can do this too. Yeah, definitely. but there's there's something about a song uh, that will just kind of play in your head like that the, those little earworms and suddenly you're like, oh my god, I need to hear that. And it, it, it's almost like it, it it breathes new life to you. It can, or it can just bring you bring you down into the into the fiery pits of hell because it's just breaking your heart. But I, I love that. I love that. I think that's Mike. What you said. It's uh, talking about a movie like The Commitments. Please go see it. Please watch it any way you can. Uh, it's it's about love. It's about music. It's about connecting. And 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 that's yeah. This is this is really cool. I, I'm glad we did this. I'm really glad we talked about this. And I got to see some of you. I didn't know you were into Lou Reed. I, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, you don't understand. 
I'll send you my discogs if you want to look at the list of all the shit I have, man. Because I would love that. It's all over the place. I would love that. We can do a Criterion Collection episode where we go to Matt's place and like go through all the albums. <gasps> like, ooh, Lou Reed pressing that's oh, it was only available in Germany before. I'm, I'm going to take this home. This is definitely it. Yeah, totally. Bags. And then just... stuff that's worth a lot of money and like rare, but I don't have that much. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, and this is the last. You want to see the rarest thing I have? The thing that's worth the most money that I actually own? Sure. You got oh, that amazing. new. You got the Wu Tang Clan album from Martin Screlly, didn't you? No. Well, here's the story. Here's the story. In high school, I was the biggest Tool fan there ever was. This is when they were first coming up, first getting big. And when Enema came out in '96, it was due to come out in October. But I had saw somewhere that it was September. So I go to Tower Records, and I'm like, Oh, I'm here to pick up the new Tool. And there's like, Oh no, it's only on wax vinyl. I'm like, Oh. All right, and at that time, you know, I, my father had his record player, but I wasn't buying stuff because I was, I was at that time. So my parents knew. So for my, and I, my birthday was September. So that September, my parents bought me this, oh which is the original God. pressing for, for my birthday in 1996. So I've had this since it came out. Original pressing. Now this is, you know, if, I, if this was sealed, it'd be like a thousand some odd dollars. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and this is and this is a modern album that is worth a lot of money. It's actually probably, it's probably the most expensive, rare thing I own. Wow! Remember wow, exactly that's... where he puts that back on the shelf. Yeah, let's let's mark that. It's literally right behind me because here's Tom Waits. So here's Tom okay. Hall. All right, where's Tool? All right, there we go. Oh, you have a? Are you? Are they all alphabetical? I have them alphabetical, but I do it by first name for 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 uh, solo artists. That's a good idea, actually. That's a really so, good but idea. But for some reason, I don't. This is confusing though, because I think this got put out of shape because it was in between tomahawk and tom waits and it should be after tom waits <laughs> yes there we go there's the rest of the cool album <laughs> first name for solo artists oh no that's a good idea dude hey bro it works it works it works out big t- and, and certain things i mean i don't really group together artists with their solo work and their band work they're separated but one there's maybe one or two things around here which no no i lied yeah, so the commitments. Uh, you yes. can rent it through most uh, major rental platforms. I think you can even get it on like Apple TV for like oh, you a, buck, a four buck rental. Voodoo yeah. apparently is selling it. Uh, also, if you are a library member, uh, I was able to stream it through Hoopla, which decent print, but Hoopla is free as long as you're registered with your and your local library system uses it. Books, comics, music. I think they have both volumes of the soundtrack too. So oh, if you wow. want to go and jump onto those after you watch the movie, I don't know if I don't know if this is the same with the whole system, but usually it's like five rentals a month. So yeah. you can burn three of your monthly rentals right there with the movie and the two soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Movie may you, be yours for two days, but I think the soundtrack she'll have for two, three weeks. And you can honestly, if you have iTunes, uh, you know, whatever their 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 special is a family plan. You you can get it, yeah. but this is long overdue. This is long overdue for a nice uh, restoration and brand new. Like it, it, I'm surprised they didn't think of an anniversary one for this year. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I, I think I can't. I wish we. I would have thought of that because I could have done something with my company, Flicks for Fans. We could have done a screening, but then again, we're not thinking too much about that because weird weird times. Hey, <laughs> yeah, don't say. <laughs> well, with that though, Jimmy, where can where can people find you? You can find me on joeblow.com, of course. That's my home. Uh, you can also find me occasionally on We Live Entertainment. You can find my I have two shows on Cosm. I have the uh, podcast Something Stony. I'm sure you can figure out what I do on that. Uh, yes, I get stoned. 
Uh, and then uh, the, the second one is uh, Sound Scary, where we have everyone from Kevin Smith to Genesis Rodriguez to Patrick Lussier, and we talk horror and sound and scares and all sorts of fun stuff. And we have a really good one coming up uh, for the Speaking of Flicks for Fans, where we, me and my partner Jason Coleman, we put up a big screening. We have guests, we have craziness, we have prizes, we have all this stuff going on. We did a drive-in screening of Mad Max. Uh, so I saw the photos ago. of that, yeah. Yeah, and we we, we we have a special Sound Scary all about that, and I'm so proud of it. It looks I'd amazing. have to link up with you folks for something Bond at some point. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun, especially Skyfall. And Mike, where can people <sighs> find us? Oh, well, that's a very good question. Dear denizens of the internet, if you want to find Overdue Rentals on your platform of choice, um, you go to Twitter at Rentals Overdue, on Facebook at Overdue Rentals, on Instagram at Overdue Rental Show. Matthew, uh, I, I believe we finally have a TikTok. Well, that's not. It's, there's nothing on there yet. I made. I made. I made the page. I haven't uploaded anything yet. Still working where, on that. Where can they find us at TikTok? It's just. Uh... I can't remember now. I think it's Overdue Rental Show, actually. Uh, Sorry, Mike. Let me look at it so I can tell you. We'll have to update that for a moment. Uh, but while Matthew's looking that up, if you do want to send us your praise, your adulation, uh, there's so many ways you could do that, like uh, subscribing to our podcast on major platforms and leaving us reviews. Don't forget to leave that five-star if you think that we are five-star men. We are. Oh, you are five-star men. Five-stars. Our oh, TikTok I'm... is TikTok at Overdue Rentals. Okay, so Overdue Rentals <laughs> on TikTok. Uh, call me on my bluff there, you son of a bitch. You magnificent bastard. But yeah, if you do want to send us suggestions, you do want to send us suggestions for this show. You don't know this if bullshit. I've, been re I've really been underselling this. When you want to send us those suggestions for films, maybe tips for the show, maybe you want to be a guest and you're someone in the industry or so. Maybe you're Tom Hanks and want to be on the show. Oh, I've got a typewriter for you, Tom. Yeah, besides reaching out to us on Twitter, you can find us, send us a line at overdurentals at gmail.com. And make sure you cross overdue rent, uh, excuse me, <laughs> make sure you cross the commitments off your overdue rentals list because mm -hmm. you skip the life fandango, turn cartwheels across the floor, you're feeling kind of seasick, but the crowd called out for more. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>